Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Skin health. In my opinion, it's one of the most ignored topics in health and wellness. And as a former athlete, I saw the damage that years of neglecting skin health had on coaches I worked with, coaches I was coached by. I mean, I know a ton of folks who suffered from skin cancer from just neglecting their skin, and it's always been on top of mind for me. That's why I brought on Joy McCarthy today to discuss how we can care for our skin microbiome in the emerging science of the gut and skin connection. Joy also provides us with simple strategies to support our microbiome diversity for reducing inflammation. It actually improves immune strength. And we also discuss the eight skincare ingredients you should consider avoiding. And as a spoiler, some of these are endocrine disruptors. And when you know what you're looking for, it's kind of startling how often you'll find them in the products you use. So let's get right to it. Let's lean in and learn from the best. Joy, I don't know what it is, but I've always been fascinated with skincare. I was using some type of moisturizer like in high school when this is like <laughs> in the 90s, right? But as an athlete, you know, you're always outside. I grew up, you know, playing football and then in college. And I always see these coaches with just like leathery skin. And then they would all end up having some type of skin cancer. And then they would have to go from one extreme to the other where they're covering their bodies all the time. And I just saw at an early age, like, I don't want that. Now, I didn't have the exact solution, but as I've, you know, over time, I've learned how to take care of my skin. I'm really interested in like, number one, learning myself, but also helping educate our audience a little bit more on some of the nuance of like the skin microbiome. You know, we've heard about the gut, but let's talk about the skin. Totally. So it's an emerging area of research, but it's deeply fascinating. So just like your gut microbiome is home to like billions of microbes, so is the skin. Your skin actually has its own microbiome too. And so there's billions of microorganisms that live basically on every nook and cranny of your skin. And different areas of your body have different types of microbes that live there. And you know that because your armpit smells different than your elbow. <laughs> so it has to do with all of the microbes that live there. And it's been stated that one square centimeter of skin has over 1 billion microbes. So we can get into like the role of the skin microbiome and what it does. I'd love yeah. to know that. Yeah. So two most important roles of the skin microbiome are one, to regulate inflammation and to serve as a protective barrier. It's like this invisible barrier that we don't see, a barrier against in foreign invaders. So bad bacteria, viruses, fungi, yeast, pollutants, allergens, and more. So our skin microbiome and our skin is basically, it's part of our immune system. It's like that first line of defense. So having a healthy microbiome is key for the whole entire body and supporting the immune system as well. So those are the two things that you want to think about, like what does the microbiome actually do? And when the skin microbiome is off, it can cause a whole array of different symptoms. How can we foster a healthy microbiome for our skin? That's a great question. There are many sort of angles to look at it. 
I would say first, think of the things that support a healthy gut microbiome. We know scientists have identified the healthiest microbiome as being one that has lots of diversity. So lots of different microbes. So if you think of all the things that are really good for a gut microbiome, it's actually very similar to the skin because the skin and the gut are connected. So when you think of diet, you want to think of eating lots of different plant foods. An omnivore-based diet is great, but ensure within that omnivore-based diet that you're eating a whole variety of different colorful foods because color is a cue for health and color is from phytonutrients. Phytonutrients are what give plants their taste, their texture, and their color. And phytonutrients, many of them are polyphenols and polyphenols are food for the gut microbes. So when you think of eating, you're not just eating for energy, you're also eating to nourish your gut microbes. And you want to keep your gut microbes happy because they keep inflammation in check and they're not spewing out these inflammatory chemicals all the time that affect more distant organ systems like your skin. So diet mm-hmm. first. I like to say years ago, research came out about what what is like the ideal diet for the microbiome and it's to eat 30 different plants per week. Now that may seem over, have you heard about that before? The 30 different plants? No, I have not. I've just tried to eat multiple colors per meal, but 30 different plants is a lot. You probably are, but that's within one week. Within a seven day period, you want to aim to eat 30 different types of plants, but don't forget that includes things like if you put rosemary on your sweet potato, rosemary is a plant. Um, The sweet potato, if you put olive oil on there, avocado oil, if you make a big salad, That includes grains and legumes, all your nuts and seeds. So eating 30 different plants per week is actually totally doable. When you you sit down and you just look at what you've eaten over the course of a day, it's actually surprisingly easy. I think people get overwhelmed with, ah, 30 plants, but it's actually not hard. And that's a good way to ensure you get variety because we get stuck in a habit of eating the same things all the time which isn't good even if it's a healthy food. You know if you have been putting blueberries on your breakfast whatever it is for the or you've been doing blueberries in your smoothie for the past 10 years well you're missing out on so many other phytonutrients. Yeah, blueberries are great, but what about raspberries and mm-hmm. sour cherries? So variety is really key. That's key for a healthy skin microbiome. Of course, there's, you know, different natural health supplements that can really support the skin and the gut, but it always comes back to like, what can you do to support the gut? Drinking enough water. That's where my head was going next is like, hydration's got to play a significant role in this. Oh, huge, huge role. I mean, everyone knows this. If you go from not drinking much water to, okay, this is my New Year's resolution. I'm going to start drinking more water. The first thing you're going to notice is your skin within a few days. Mm guaranteed. It just looks less inflamed. If you have any sort of dermatitis or any inflammation in your skin, drinking more water is so key as well. If your skin, if you feel like your skin is aging too quickly, know that when the skin is dehydrated, fine lines and wrinkles are so much more noticeable. So Mm -hmm. ensuring that you drink enough water means that you are less likely to get constipated. And constipation plays a huge role in the health of your skin too, because when you're constipated, you're reabsorbing that junk, hormones, waste back into circulation. So ensuring you drink enough water, make sure that you have regular 
bowel movements and helps to create moisture from the inside out. And moisture from the inside out isn't just from water. It's also about eating enough anti-inflammatory healthy fats. Mm -hmm. So think of, you know, your cold water fatty fish, salmon, mackerel, sardines. Do you ever eat sardines? I don't, but I eat fish almost daily. I eat salmon almost daily. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. So salmon is, it's a lower mercury fish, which is good. And it's very, very high in omega-3s, which help to tame inflammation. And you want to keep inflammation in check in the gut because that impacts inflammation of the skin. And of course, there's inflammaging, (laughs) right? Inflammation impacts how quickly we age as well. So good fats, like keep eating that fish. Try sardines because they're a small fish. So they have low, like PCB contamination, heavy metals, very, very low. And they have so much vitamin D. They're very, very high in omega-3 essential fatty acids. And you can sprinkle a little sea salt on them, put like a squirt of lemon, have it with a nice big salad. Am I selling it? <laughs> My mom does this. Okay, so now I'm thinking we had this We had this get together and she likes to cook Italian food, even though we're not Italian, but they go to Italy a lot. And uh, she actually brought back some very specific sardines from Italy and did it exactly like you're talking about. There was a little bit of lemon and it wasn't gross. You know, if you have Caesar salad, there's sardines in there or traditionally there are, but um, it's probably not too expensive either, is it? No, they're so affordable. You know, I have two cats and lots of times, like if I crack open a tin and I'm not eating them all, I'll give them to my cats. <laughs> it helps their coat be nice and healthy. And not only are omega-3s great for our skin and helping to um, create moisture from the inside out, but also great for healthy hair. Because what's mm. good for skin, we have to think healthy hair is only the result of healthy scalp healthy hair Mm -hmm. follicles, keeping inflammation in check in regards to the hair follicles. So yeah, sardines, sardines help your hair be shiny. really makes a difference too. People notice when they start, for example, taking an omega-3 supplement, if they've never taken a fish oil before, often Mm -hmm. notice that their hair is shinier and it's- Will it regrow your hair? Yeah, (laughs) I don't know about that, but- (laughs) (laughs) I take plenty of omega-3s. I wish it would regrow my hair. Let's talk about things to avoid in skincare. You've mentioned this before that there are eight things that we should be avoiding in our skincare products. What are they? Okay, so there's a few different angles we can go here. If you're thinking about the skin microbiome, when it Mm. comes to having healthy skin, you want to make sure that you're using products that don't have harsh cleansers. Mm. SLS is a very common chemical found in facial cleansers in shampoos. And that's what gives you that like foaming action. Even if you, a lot of times you see products that will say SLS free, but the problem is they're still using other surfactants. And the problem with that is that when you're using foaming cleansers on your skin, it is stripping the skin of its natural lipid layer. And it is also impacting the pH of the skin. Because the pH of the skin is actually slightly acidic. 
soap and all those foaming cleansers alter the acidity, the pH balance of your skin. And a lot of them are a pH around like nine to 10, which is actually way too high. If your your skin ideal pH is around five and a half, and you're using all of these products that are stripping that lipid layer and impacting the pH, it's not good. A lot of people think that in order to have that like squeaky clean feel, that means their skin is clean, but you're actually setting your skin up to age faster when mm. you're using those kinds of products. Because when the skin is dry and you've stripped away that barrier, your skin will look older. Stop planning your workouts and start making gains faster than ever using the AIM7 app. AIM7 turns your wearable and HRV data into ultra-personalized plans for exercise, recovery, and mental fitness that are tailored to your body and your needs. With AIM7, you can forget about printing off random PDFs or asking ChatGPT for an exercise plan, which is not a good idea. AIM7 will build you a customized plan tailored to your goals, time demands, fitness history, and more. It also adjusts your sets and reps each day based off of your recovery and stress level. This leads to faster gains with less burnout and injuries. Our team of sports scientists and performance coaches have worked in the NFL, with elite college athletes and Olympic gold medalists. And we're bringing this expertise to you. Start your seven-day free trial today by clicking the link in the show notes. So I'm a child of like the 90s. And you remember like those alcohol pads? Like teenagers, we would just like rub them all over our face to get everything off. And then your skin is just like dry. Yeah. So basically, we're just crushing our skin for decades. Yeah, 100%. Awesome. Okay, so another ingredient to avoid are phthalates. And have you heard of the work of Dr. Shauna Swan, by chance? I have not. Mm -mm. So she is an epidemiologist in the States. She was interestingly on Joe Rogan a couple of years ago. And her research has solely been focused on phthalates. Phthalates are also known as the everywhere chemical. And what she found in her research and what many other scientists have found since then is that phthalates, first of all, they're everywhere. And I'll explain what they do in a moment, but they are hormone disruptors. What you put on your skin gets into your body. And in some ways, it's a faster route than eating something. Because at least when you eat something, you have your digestive system, you have your liver, whereas when you put something on your skin, that's the fastest route into circulation. So phthalates are considered the everywhere chemical. They are everywhere. And one of the purposes of phthalates in products is fragrance. So anytime you see fragrance listed on a product and it is not from an organic essential oil, you know that it's a phthalate. So phthalates are essentially a plastic molecule. You know when you hug someone and they have, they're wearing cologne or perfume and then you smell your shirt after? And you're like, yeah. oh, I can still smell Joe Schmo on my shirt. <laughs> that's because the phthalates in whatever product they use or if they use cologne, the phthalates are little plastic molecules that adhere scent to physical surfaces. Mm. And phthalates are 
everywhere in the beauty industry. And the beauty industry is largely unregulated. So they're, they're a big one to avoid. I can send you a link um, that has a list of like, what are all the different names to look for? Because it's not going to be listed as like phthalate. But yeah, I'll put that in the show notes. Of, yeah, a good way of watching out for it is that fragrance, anytime you see fragrance listed, if it says fragrance or perfume, because companies by law don't have to disclose what makes up their signature fragrance, that could mean like 200 different chemicals. So you know if you see fragrance or perfume listed, then you know there are going to be hormone disruptors like phthalates. So mm. phthalates are a really good one to avoid. Another one are petroleum-based ingredients. For your female listeners who love that, you know, beautiful red shade of lipstick, that is a coal tar dye. So petroleum-based ingredients are also everywhere. They're made from refined crude oil. And you see it listed as like a mineral oil. That's a common one. Vaseline. Everyone knows what Vaseline is. And so the reason I don't like these is because they really, for example, when we look at Vaseline or mineral oil-based products, they just suffocate the skin. They are not good for the skin microbiome. And I also, I'm, I'm concerned about the processing of these. You know, mm. what, what potential contaminants could be in a petroleum-based ingredient? So I would recommend avoiding those. Synthetic fragrance, even though we talked about phthalates, let's just focus in on synthetic fragrance because that is one that you want to avoid. So whenever, I've already talked about that, but it's just one of the list. Whenever you see fragrance listed, be sure to avoid that because they are hormone disrupting chemicals. They have been associated with so many different problems linked to early puberty development in young girls, obesity and insulin resistance in men, lowered sperm count in men. So when it comes to cologne perfume, just please avoid. Yeah, <laughs> golly. You always see products listed Often, I shouldn't say always, you often see products listed as being paraben-free, but this mm -hmm. is a total greenwashing term. It isn't good to have parabens because parabens, they're antibacterials and they are hormone-disrupting ingredients. Uh, but the reason it's become a greenwashing term is because you'll see conventional products, whether it's deodorant or aftershave, say paraben-free. Okay, great. But then you turn around the label and you see... They have to put something in to preserve it. So then they've used all these formaldehyde-releasing ingredients. Mm. So that's kind of what the beauty industry has done. It makes me think of like BPA, bisphenol A, we know is an endocrine disruptor and was removed from a lot of plastics. But then they just put in BPS, its cousin. And no one's, you know, going on. They about, haven't caught on yet. Yeah. It's just as bad. So parabens, um, always watch out. You know, parabens are easier to spot. And yes, they are still in products. So paraben it can be listed as like propyl paraben, methyl paraben. But you'll see it's an easy one to spot because you'll mm -hmm. see the name paraben within a word, within an ingredient. But just be watchful of the paraben-free. Okay. Um, propylene glycol is such a common ingredient in deodorants. It kind of gives like that, like slick with the deodorant. This is a petroleum-based ingredient that I would recommend avoiding. It's one of the ingredients in um, windshield washer fluid. It's considered an, <laughs> an irritant, an allergenic ingredient. For someone who has more sort of sensitive skin or aging skin, avoid. 
It can promote things like contact dermatitis. But the good thing is that when it comes to, like, if we think of like a natural deodorant, propylene glycol is not an approved ingredient in the organic industry, but Mm -hmm. they have come up with other non-toxic ingredients. So you see another ingredient called propanediol, which is in all natural deodorants and still gives it that like nice slick. The other thing I have to mention about propylene glycol is that propylene glycol is a penetration enhancer. That means whatever product, whatever ingredients are within your anti-wrinkle cream or whatever it is you're using, that propylene glycol will help those other ingredients absorb better at a faster rate and more effectively than if the propylene glycol is not in there. So that could be for better or for worse, right? Because if you're using a conventional product that has like 30 different ingredients and then you have propylene glycol in there, do you really want to be having high absorption of those coal tar dyes, of that fragrance, of those formaldehyde-releasing chemicals? You definitely don't. So propylene glycol sometimes seems like a rather neutral chemical, but it's actually still one that I suggest. Sounds like anything but neutral. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely not. It's definitely not. Formaldehyde-releasing preservatives, I can send you again. I can send you a Mm -hmm. list of some of these, like what they actually are, because these are big, long names. And we know that formaldehyde is a cancer-causing substance. And what a lot of these companies will say is, oh, but it's such a little bit. It's not really a big deal. It's a microscopic amount. But the reality is people are using multiple products on their body per day. We're being exposed to toxins from so many different factors, like all throughout our day. So it's Mm. the cumulative effect. So if you can do things to lower your toxic load by using more natural products, then hey, that's a good thing. Also, formaldehyde releasers are often in products like foundation, um, moisturizers, anti-wrinkle creams. So they prevent a product from going bad. Okay, that's a good thing. But what is in that product and how long are they? Are they wanting it to maintain shelf life for 10 years? Then, okay, you can actually use that product. The other thing is formaldehyde is a gas. So I always say, if you're not sure where to start when it comes to cleaning up your personal care products, start with the things that spend the most time on your face. So Mm. if you use a moisturizer in the morning or... For your female listeners who use foundation, that would be a good one to use natural so that you get out that formaldehyde. So you don't have it sitting, you know, on your face all day. Mm. And then I don't know how many we're at here because honestly, there's probably a hundred different chemicals. I'll just share maybe one more. Yeah, one more Um, is fine. Okay. So uh, BHT and BHA, you often see that's sort of like the short form of them. You see these in moisturizers and creams and cosmetics in hair products in fragrances. You used to see BHT in children's cereal. I know it has been banned, but this chemicals can cause hormone disruption, allergic reactions. BHA is considered a possible human carcinogen. So the, and these are again, preservatives. You keep laughing. People don't know why. It's probably my face. I'm just like, I'm thinking windshield wiper fluid, you know, all this, I mean, red lipstick, crude oil. I've written all these words down and it's just like, it's alarming. It really is alarming. It is alarming. And the industry, their answer is always, oh, but it's a microscopic amount. Okay. But, you know, we hope, hopefully we live to our eighties and we're using how many products per day you know, for the rest of our life, it accumulates. 
Many of these are fat soluble. You know, you want to look at everything from your lotion to your body wash, shampoo, conditioner. But if you don't know where to start, because this is a lot of things I've shared, start with the products that spend the most time on your skin. Get a clean deodorant, (laughs) get a clean serum or moisturizer. That's the place to start and then kind of evolve from there. Why don't we talk a little bit about your skincare line? I've used it. It's in my shower, uh, the facial daily facial cleanser. It's awesome. My wife, I gave most of it to my wife because I only use a few things. Basically, yeah. wash my face, put some type of moisturizer on, and I do that every single day. Outside of eating a healthy diet, I know that those things are going to contribute. But I also get a lot of. I try to get as much sun as I can in a healthy way. But talk about like the yeah. genesis of your products and how you're formulating all this stuff without this stuff in there. And it's also giving you the benefits you're looking for. You know what? It's actually surprisingly not that hard to formulate Mm -hmm. clean products. It just means that the products aren't going to last like 10 years, but I don't want you to have that sitting, you know, in your bathroom shelf for 10 years. But the key thing is with all of our Hello Joyous products is I'm really focused on waterless skincare. Water breeds bacteria. If you look at any cleanser, or shampoo or conditioner, one of the first ingredients is water or is listed as aqua. And that is why they have to load it up with all these preservatives and potential hormone disrupting chemicals, because otherwise it's going to be bad sitting on a store shelf after, you know, two, three weeks. So with our products, it's waterless. And as a nutritionist, you know, I've always been really focused on well-being, uh, when people make a recipe from my cookbook or, you know, they, they do something DIY, I do a DIY beauty mask that they found on my website. I want them to feel good. And so that same concept of people feeling good is really the foundation of Hello Joyous of our products that we want. People's well-being is one of the first things I think of when they use our products. Like I want to know that the products that I use on my body are safe if my daughter is being silly and licks my face, which she likes to do from time to time, I can slather her with our body butter. And I've been doing that since she was an infant. So safe for everybody from zero to a hundred. But how you do it is you use really simple ingredients. I'm focused on skinimalism, few ingredients, all USDA certified organic and few products. You know, Mm -hmm. using like, I know you're a guy, you probably don't use a million products, but so many women have this regime of like six to 11 different products that they use. And it's so unnecessary. Like complicated skincare routines are so 2015. Okay. So tell me what are the fundamental things you should do every day or use every day? So simple. You want to wash your face. So cleanse once a day. You don't need to wash your face in the morning. I know that's a lot of shocking shocking for people. Unless you're going to sleep with makeup on, which you should never do. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure you're not doing that. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. Yeah. So three simple things. You <laughs> cleanse. You want to balance and tone because it's so important to balance and tone your skin's pH. So spritz your face with a toner. And mm-hmm. then you want to replenish you want moisture and hydration. So you want to cleanse, you want to tone, and then you want to moisturize and hydrate. So what we did is with our serum, Hella Hydrating, which I know you have, that replaces a moisturizer. That's what my wife uses every day. Yeah. It moisturizes and hydrates. Your skin's really simple. It only Mm -hmm. needs two things. It needs moisture and it needs hydration. 
A mm. lot of serums are just fatty acids. They only replenish that fatty layer, but we put hyaluronic acid in ours, which hydrates the skin. This mm. is why like all the people who are aging, aging people like 40 plus love our products because it helps your skin be plump and youthful because your mm. skin is well hydrated. So that's all you need. Cleanse, tone, and then replenish with our serum. And then, of course, we have like our, our eye serum. And the reason we came out with an eye serum was because people kept asking about it. They're like, I want an eye serum. What are you using, Joy, for your eye? And I was like, oh, I was just using Hella Hydrating. But we also have eye serum. We have other products as well, as you know. But those are the key ones. Just three steps. I love it. Very simple. Very practical. And uh, we'll put a link in the show notes for people to go check it out. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Joy, be on the lookout. We have another one coming with her where we're going to talk about inflammatory skin issues. We're going to talk about top supplements to calm down skin irritation and things that you can do with your food and actually your sleep hygiene to reduce skin inflammation. You're going to absolutely love this episode. It's packed with a ton of actionable information. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.